Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Podcast, episode number 270. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out July 29th, 2015. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're doing our trade and policy review of... Marvel Comics, The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, written by Nick Spencer and art by Steve Lieber. And this is a Paul baby, so this is a Paul pick. Yeah, this is a Paul pick. It's a book that I've been interested in for quite a while, and it's one of those Marvel books that seem to stand alone, stand on its own, and just have a little bit of a funny lightness to it, which is nice for the summer kind of reading. Yeah. Uh, and you know me, not only do I look for summer reading, I also look for summer drinking. <laughs> and another way, <laughs> I like you cracked yourself up. With I, that well, one. because I looked at this and the sun is smiling at me. Because oh. what, what John and I are drinking is Summer Bright Ale from Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is one of those uh, breweries that really uh, took, I took notice of when I was getting into the microbrew uh, craft beer section. I'm like, oh wow, Breckenridge, their vanilla porter, it's great. I like this and that from them, and uh, they've kind of fallen off because. They have beers kind of like this, where it sounds awesome. It's brewed with orange and lime peels. It's uh, Lime or lemon? Uh, orange and lemon peels, thank you. Honest and solid in construction, complete and satisfying in drinking. And I'm like, oh, boy, that sounds great. That sounds like like exactly what I want uh, on one of these 85-degree days. You know, it's hot. It's hot. It's too hot. It's hot. 85 yeah. degrees. Ooh. Oof. It's probably like 80-something in this room right now. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, it has that kind of citrusy, but it's like it's like melted candy mm-hmm. in there. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's like a fresh yeah. or like it's really there. It's mm-hmm. really on that back finish. It's, it's I don't like the mouthfeel on this. No. Um, I'm glad we're just splitting the one bottle on it. Yeah. Makes me sad that I got five more in the basement. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, you're going to a party soon. Just bring it and yep. leave it at the party. Very true. It's like a bad shandy. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a bad shandy. There's so many shandies out there right now that I want to try, but then I'm like, I'm not a big fan of shandies, so it's <laughs> yeah. probably not even worth the effort. I, I saw understand. a grapefruit shandy at the store today, and I was like, mm, that's that, awesome. you know. that could be good. Yeah. But it's from that Curious... Sorry, Curious Traveler, and I haven't had any of their beers, so... And that's, I mean, that's what they're known for. That's, like, all they do is the shandies. They do shandies and uh, hard ciders. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe next week I might grab those just to try something different, because I've never had anything from them, so... Yeah. They're, the one they had out at Christmas was, like, on one of those lists of, like, eh, Christmas beer you should try. We know Christmas beers. We do. Chris, you know other beers. What are you drinking? I do, and this is uh, Dogzilla. It's a black IPA, and it's from Laughing Dog Brewing. I had one of their other beers last week on episode number 270. Uh, I really enjoyed this one, or that one. This one, not so much. It's really malty. It's like a heavy mouthfeel, and I wasn't expecting that from a like the black IPA, because a lot of the other ones that we had when we were doing like black IPA Palooza, a lot of them were like really nice, light, that toasty kind of coming in. And this is just so malty. You do get a little bit of a hot bitterness on it, but it's 
like the mull just sits in your mouth like it's heavy not bad I think this one was like I can't remember what I said last week but like five ninety nine or like six ninety nine for the bomber hmm. it's it's not something I would drink again but it's something that I'll finish the bottle but it's not bad it's, it's not, too bad. not what I wanted after the uh, Imperial IPA I had last week. Because uh, we were talking about black IPAs last week, and it's like, yeah, yeah I haven't had a good black IPA in a while. And uh, that's it's always a shame, because you always get like this idea of what a black eye should, IPA should be. you know. And it's, there's different parameters for where you kind of want it. But if it fits somewhere within that, it's a good one. So it's too bad that this one doesn't have it. And, I mean, it's nothing against it. It It is a black IPA. I mean, I get that, like, toasted malt. Like, there's a hoppy to it. It's just not the proportions that I normally like my black IPAs to be in. So that's a me thing, not a laughing dog brewing thing. Yeah. Well, what else is a me, a me thing for you? Maybe news? <laughs> yeah, you love those news. You want it all about... You, you don't you? Well, we don't have much news. We already discussed that before the show, but we, there are some rumors, some casting rumors. Mm. Apparently, uh, Rachel McAdams, known for her old school Hollywood looks, uh, is that really what she's known for? Oh yeah, she has old school Hollywood looks. She's a looker. I think she's known for Mean Girls because that movie is awesome. Wasn't she, she in the Notebook too? Uh, I don't know. I never saw it. I think she is, though. Was that... Was she the... No, no that's the other gr- girl that I always get confused. Are you thinking of Amy Adams? Nope, nope. You're right. It was her. <laughs> no, fuck. It's okay. They're sisters. They have the same last what's name. What's crazy is... This is what's crazy. Their dad's Patch Adams. <laughs> mean Girls came out the same year as The Notebook. <laughs> 2004. Same one. Uh, and she was also starring in a TV show called Sillings and Arrows at the same time. Then she had I've her. Never even heard of that show. Oh man, she was also in Time. She was also in Time Traveler's Wife. Who, who's the Who's in Superman Returns playing Lois Lane? Because I think that's that, Amy Adams. That's Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's why it's confusing. Mm-hmm. They're not sisters because it's Rachel McAdams. I know. I was just about to say, are they sisters? And then I realized the McAdams. And that's the joke. One of them was adopted by a Scottish family. I don't know. That's why. But she's very attractive. And uh, she's supposedly rumored to be in the new Doctor Strange for 2016. She's in one of my favorite movies of all time, and that is About Time. And uh, we also got the... She's also in that... uh, Terrible Southpaw movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tilda Swinton was cast for uh, Doctor Strange as the Ancient One. Yeah. I don't know who Tilda Swinton is, but I'm. Oh man, she has a very, very uh, stern look. She's yeah, she's, she's very her, um, she's striking. She's the White Queen in Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. She looked awesome with those dreadlocks. Thank you. She did. She looked. Really good. She was in Snowpiercer. John, you like that movie? I did, and I knew that. Which I still haven't seen. It's on Netflix now. Though. Moonrise Kingdom. 
I think we're just on. Yeah, this, yeah we're all reading IMDb <laughs> right now. It's so interesting. Thank you, listeners, for turning in to IMDb chat. Well, sorry, because this isn't like her normal kind of movie. I mean, I think the closest thing to Doctor Strange that she's done would have been something more like Chronicles of Narnia. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, that's a lot more... novel fantasy based like that's that has some literature pedigree behind it you know it's not like uh, Doctor Strange or even wasn't she in she was in Constantine, Constantine? Yeah. yeah she was Gabriel yeah I forgot about that I, I don't think she if she finds something interesting or likes the people that are involved in a project she'll do it I think that's basically her career I think she her and um, Benedict Cumberbatch are going to have a stri- base striking off in this movie because they Everyone's both have gonna their... look so pensive. Yeah, so pensive and so angular. It's going to be crazy. You can it, be careful with any glass around this movie because both of them can cut it just by looking at it. Yeah, it looks like can cut glass. Cut glass. That's all I'm saying. I enjoy careful. you. I enjoy you so much, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on flipping back and forth between those two people's faces, and I try not. I can't. I'd you know cut. what? I get cut. <laughs> you get cut. Chisel you know? those chiseled cheekbones. I don't care what kind of gorilla glass your iPhone and or Android device uses for the screen; it will cut through. Oh man, I got this big gash in my head. What happened, Tilda Swinton? Just she looked at me. She's the ancient one, after all. She is the ancient one. Okay, any other non-news news? No? Uh, I, nothing else, really. Yeah, I think that was... Oh, we got some movie news. What kind of movie news do we got? Our bracket news. Oh, it's the bracket news. Is it time for another summer movie bracket? Uh, so, <laughs> ah, darn it. Bang Broadcast summer movie bracket. Bus- ah, Ugh. I can't even do it. <laughs> try, try it again. Okay. The this Bagden- is fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> the Bagden Broadcast summer movie blockbuster bracket buster? Update? That's the one. Is that the one? Hey, we saw this weekend, we saw the opening of Pixels, the Adam Sandler Helm movie. Uh, and when we say we saw it, we mean it came out because came out nobody saw this movie. It opened up with a grand total of 24 estimated on boxofficemojo.com, $24 million, which puts it in second place behind Ant-Man's second week. And Ant-Man uh, fell over 60%, uh, or almost 60%. There's, I've seen reports of 64%. Some people are saying that it's falling about six, 56%, 67%. So right in line. Uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe it would... Word of mouth. Word of mouth, maybe, if not as fallen quite as far. You know, maybe gotten us to that 49, low 50s. But it being in the mid to uh, high 50s makes me a little bit worried. Uh, but it did crack $100 million this week. So, not the best of the Marvel movies, but then again, I puts it right in our line with Incredible Hulk. I think it's going to find more of its... I think DVD, TV, it, that's like that's where it's going to find its following. Because mm-hmm. it was a really enjoyable, fun movie. It's the least Marvel movie they've made, even though the Avengers appear mm-hmm. in it. You know, I, well, I think this is a prime showing of just because a movie doesn't perform as well as some of the other Marvel mm-hmm. movies doesn't mean that it can't stand up next to them. Yeah, 
And, you know, just because it's not doing the same money that Captain America, the first Avenger did, or uh, Incredible Hulk, because it's behind those two, doesn't mean that it's still not an enjoyable run through the Marvel Universe, no. But I, it's just, it's a different type of movie. Um, and, yeah, you know, even though it's not performing as well as Marvel would probably like, we've talked about this before, it's, I'm fine with, you know, Scott Lang popping up in other movies, you know. He doesn't need to have a vehicle of his own. You can ride shotgun with someone else. I do want to ask this question to you, John. You said uh, this isn't like any other Marvel movie. At which point will we stop saying that because all the Marvel movies are just so different? Because, okay, now we threw Ant-Man into the mix. And we were saying that with, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, well, it's not like any other Marvel movies because it was so funny. Like, they did play up the comedy. And then before that, it was uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, where it was all just spies and action and twists and turns, which wasn't like any other Marvel movie. And we said, this isn't like any other Marvel movie. So at what point are are we... Has Marvel made itself... Marvel movies made themselves so different from each other that there is no longer a formula or a Marvel moviness to the Marvel movies? Uh, well, maybe, like, this one... It doesn't, like, it really doesn't have a big bad. Like, the whole reason everything comes together is not because of some earth-shattering villain doing something. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't like that this guy has this idea, we need to steal his notes. You know, we need to steal Mm -hmm. this. It's a heist movie. Let's steal it. It's heist it. What do we do? We get a thief to do this. It's Iron Man 1. And... But it still doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of that feel, even though mm-hmm. there are costume characters and everything like that going mm-hmm. on. It it doesn't have that kind of feel mm-hmm. of like a superhero movie. Um, but and I think that's one of those things that like it does well that it's not trying to be that. And I think that's what Marvel does mm-hmm. is they're not trying to make like superhero movies anymore. They're trying to make you know character movies character movies and they kind of fit them into the mm-hmm. right genres they come up with a character that they want to do a movie for and then they're like okay what movie serves this character and i think that's smart and if you're going to do movies that's how you should do it right yeah right so then uh so with that pixels has lost pixels has lost uh that means Did pixels have the smallest uh, twenty-four million. Weekend? Well, you know that goes to Pan because that movie it got didn't. pushed back. It didn't even get its opening weekend. Uh, but it's close. It's between that Poltergeist and I believe Spy. Uh, Spy did twenty-nine. Uh, let's see here. So it still didn't break thirty. This just well, I, I hear Paul going through notes. Going through my notes. Uh, yeah, Spy did twenty nine million. Ted two did thirty three million. And if Pixels, if this holds through at twenty four million, it would make it the least one, right, right behind Terminator Genesis at twenty seven points, twenty eight point seven. So, but guys, don't forget, we have some great movies still <laughs> to, still to come. So, uh, what that means for the left side of the bracket, we see Avengers beat Pan because you know. By yeah. DQ, uh, Jurassic World beat Terminator Genesis. Jurassic World beating the Avengers. Inside Out losing to Minions. Tomorrowland beating Pixels. Pixels being defeated by Minions. You mean Tomorrowland? 
Oh, or, yeah. He, Minions yeah, beating Tomorrowland. I'm looking at Lexi's, and I should have then have switched over to because you know she picked so many right that I just kept on <laughs> trusting her. Uh, Minions beating Tomorrowland. Jurassic World does beat Minions. Jurassic World uh, after two weeks made forty four point five, uh, forty four hundred forty five million, and Minions made two hundred and thirty nine million. But half a bi- wow. almost a half that's, a billion dollars at that point for Jurassic money. World. Uh, so we're waiting on. We have the only thing decided on the right is that we're 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 held up with a Mad Max versus Ted Two. Uh, well, it's basically Mad Max is waiting for uh, whatever comes out of uh, Mission Impossible versus Man from Uncle, Fantastic Four versus Ant Man brackets. So Mad Max is just waiting in the wings. He's going to be really sad if Ant-Man loses the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like, more so now than I would have been, like, if I had picked these before, like, the movies came out. Because I, like, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but Fantastic Four just still just does not look good at all. And I think the other thing is, is people have already seen Fantastic Four movies, too. So they're probably not going to be like, oh, this one's different, you know? I don't think that people are going to be like, yeah, we got to go see this one. Well, we didn't talk about this in the news because I forgot about it and nobody brought it up, but um, there's more talk now about Fox crossing over Fantastic Four with the X-Men franchise again. And Brian Singer's like on board. He's like, yeah, like I think that'd be cool. Like We could do this. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of them relaunching it was to be able to do it. So, uh, And also, guys... Uh, back in 2007, the opening weekend for Fantastic Four: Rise of Silver Surfer brought in 58 million. Which uh, Ant Man did how much its opening weekend again? It was like 54 or something. It brought in an estimated 57. So right there. And that, was that the first Fantastic Four movie? That was the second. The second, okay. The first one brought in 50, also 57. So we're right around. It's it's doing the Fantastic Four numbers, guys. So this might be t- it might be a close heat. Now it, I, it could be closer, like, but the <laughs> fact that Fantastic Four just as a whole has never really performed that great opening weekend wise. It performed and just as I, well I in two thousand eight money with Ant with Ant Man doing two thousand thirteen money or two thousand fifteen money. I forgot and what year. I, it was. I don't know if I'm just speaking for us or like moviegoers as a whole, but we were looking forward to those Fantastic Four movies. Oh uh, yeah, that's, I look forward to the first we, one. We went to the Midnight's for those. Uh, no, we got free passes from our local comic book stores for those. Did we? Yeah, not both of them though. I think both. I know the first one I went with uh, a friend, my friend Matt Z, to see the first one at the uh, the Elm, Elmwood uh, Regal. Hmm. I did not pay for any of those Fantastic Four movies. But you're I, the biggest Fantastic Four fan of us. But all. I own them both on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I spent the money. I think I got them for Christmas presents or birthday presents because I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. <laughs> Anyways, that Any was news. news. So what's our next segment, guys? I, I always forget. We we go into the list. Oh, okay, not the The comic books uh, we are looking forward to July 29th, two thousand fifteen. Chris, you know what you're you know what you're reading? <coughs> uh, 
I do, but I was swallowing my beer and it went down the wrong pipe. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to be going to beer or comics. I threw it to the comics. Yeah, John made a <coughs> gameplay decision. Game time decision. And well, Chris chokes and Paul... I have a book. You got a book? Yeah. It's uh, Let me see. Oh, guys, this is a tale of love inventions. Uh, centuries old mystery. Uh, and this is gonna. This mystery will have to be solved by the midnight shift, and it stars and involves a ghost. That's right, guys. This is not an indie book coming from John's picks. No, this is my pick, and it's uh, Gotham by Midnight Annual Number One. Ooh. Gotham by Midnight. I was interested in, fell off just because you know the stack is a stack, and you can only buy so many books per week. And I've been buying them all. Yeah, and they're good. Yeah. Are they? I haven't read them. Honestly, I just haven't read them. Um, but I'm interested in this, namely because it stars uh, the Gentleman Ghost, who I've always enjoyed. <laughs> He's an old uh, Justice Society villain, and to see him pop up here, I'm like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. A little uh, afraid of the look that he has on the cover. He looks a little steampunky, plus, like, uh, insecty, ghosty, which is kind of creepy. Insecty ghosty. Yeah, he, like he has like weird insect arms coming off the sides of him. It's hard to see in this cover, this tiny little cover image. But look at that! It's like a, it's like a spider arm there. <laughs> and then he's got like a spidery hand. And then he looks steampunky. It's, it's well, just that's his hand, and that's his other hand. That's something else. Yeah, that is something else. Like a spider arm. Yeah, something else. Something ghost-like. Something ghosty. You're insect a, ghosty. You're a strange. Yes, insect ghosty. You could say. <laughs> I could say, and I did. So he looks like a smash up from the board game Smash Up. <laughs> Insects and ghost. Insects and ghosts. Chris, how are you feeling? You feeling good? I'm feeling a lot better okay. now. Thanks for asking. Good. John, how are you feeling? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm I'm a little warm. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. warm in here. Should crack open another beer to take care of that. Yeah, but already did the book. That that I'm actually looking forward to is X-Men number... Well, X-Men 92, number two. And this is written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims with art by Scott Koblish. Uh, The cover has Gambit and Rogue in an embrace. And the solicitation information mentions Wolverine going face-to-face to to face with Cyber and Omega Red. You know what? This sounds like a 90s X-Men book. So, hey, that's fun. I don't like many of those X X Men, the the thing that the uh, the comedy series on the website on the YouTube did, where it's Professor the Xavier are is yeah. laying off the X Men. But I did enjoy the Rogue one because <laughs> it's like, oh, what am I not supposed to do again? <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny, and that's what I because I re- everything that I know about Rogue is basically from that. 1980s or 1992 X-Men like series and runs. So that's basically all you really need to know about Rogue. If she they try to, they keep trying to make her more interesting as time goes on, but it just doesn't work. Every time that I see her that she can't fly, I'm like, no, I don't care if she stole her powers from Carol Danvers, and that's why she can actually fly. I want her to fly and have super strength and not be able to touch people. Yep, that's that's all I need out of Rogue. That's that's all I want. I, I and want then every now and then she might touch someone for a second so mm-hmm. she can teleport or turn yeah. like skin to steel. And call me sugar. That's all I want. Is that that's not wrong, right, John? That's right, sugar. Thank you. 
What what book are you looking forward to, Sugar? I am looking for Word to <laughs> Thor's number two, uh, <laughs> coming out of Battle World, uh, by Jason Aaron and Chris Sprouse. Uh, I really like this. This is the Thor police force trying to solve a crime, uh, and uh, I enjoyed it. I liked the first one. Don't want to give anything away for those people who go, hey, maybe I should check this out, because there's a lot of twists. A twist? There's a twist. It's like a twisty cone. Uh, very enjoyable. Uh, the Ultimate Store, whose partner is uh, Better Ray Bill, are uh, on the case of the string of murders who uh, that are the same person from all these different realms, and they're trying to figure out who's killing them. So, uh, pretty cool. Hmm. I liked it. Um, yeah, it, it was a good little twist in the book. Not to keep saying the word twist, but it's not just a murder mystery. It's a like serial killer murder mystery. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's fun. This Thor police force and everything. It's it's kind of fun to do, and uh, I liked it. I think it's one of the only number twos I really was looking forward to and bought from the Battle World. I bought a lot of number ones, not a lot of number twos. But I, I think a lot of them are going into threes, and I would probably buy a third one of this. Hmm. Yeah, I think this. They all get a three. Uh, but then why don't we talk about our beers Yeah, that's that we've true. cracked open. This was another one that Paul bought. Oh yes, this is uh this is from a local brewery uh, about what 20 30 minutes south of us right now. Yeah. And that is Elkittville Brewing uh in ski country here in Western New York and this is their Eagle Trail IPA. This is their bold and hoppy Indian Pale Ale. This 8%. Is 8% so it's almost a double IPA at that point, right? This is the kind of IPA that people who say they don't like IPAs think of. Yeah. Because I'm not a giant fan of this beer at all. Uh, now that it's warmed up a little bit in my glass, it's a little more manageable to drink. But it's kind of that IPA that's really an affront on your taste yeah. buds. Um, real um, resiny. Yeah, just it's, resiny all the way through. It, they say they used five added a ho- Apollo hops five different times to give it its big hop bold flavor and that's the thing it's that's all it is is that one note it isn't complex it isn't rich it's just hops resiny yeah hops. it's it and the thing is it's still not as good as that really overkilled hop of a sarah nevada like i would buy i would rather drink a sarah nevada to give me whatever Versus this right now, yeah. because that back end flavor is just so wimpy and gross. It's just like sweaty. It's like sucking on a sock that's been soaked in mm, this beer. Yeah, uh, and also like Sierra Nevada, you know what you're getting. This one, at no point does it say it's going to be. I mean, it does say it does say bold on it, but mm-hmm. it's like you're not expecting that from Ellicottville, and Ellicottville's really doing that big push for big IPAs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they had that Pantistropis that the they Pantistropis. did. Which I was just, again, it was just a high a high alcohol beer to be a high alcohol beer. Um, where Sierra Nevada, at least, like, they're hoppy and they're 
overboard, but there is a complexity mm-hmm. to them. There is a profile yeah. that they're going for. And, I mean, this says it's got citrus. You know, that's got a citrus. Duh, 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 duh. No, yeah, no. And it's not. It's not the perfect end to a day. You know. I'm just finishing it just to finish it right yeah. now. I'm actually looking forward to our next beer because that'll be yeah. enjoyable. I'm hoping. Man, now I'm stuck with five of these. <laughs> Go to a party, Go Paul. to a party. Ugh. Chris, my friend, yes. drink something good for us, man. Uh, I am. And this is a beer you guys have had on the show. It's a okay. beer that friend of the show, Scott, has had over on his uh, beer podcast, WNY Brews. And this is Southern Tears Chocolate Orange. Ooh. Any stout brewed with chocolate, orange peel, and other natural flavors. As soon as this came out in the western New York area, I had people posting about it all over Facebook, Instagram, Untapped, and I was like, man, I I really want to try that. I need to try that. Southern Tears Creme Brulee is one of my favorite beers, like, ever, let alone, like, favorite dessert beer. So the fact that they made a chocolate orange beer was, just, like, champing at the bit for that one. Um, and then I've been seeing it down here, so I kind of kept passing it up just to try other stuff that I couldn't find. And I decided that this was going to be the week that I actually buckled down, grabbed the bottle of it, and this this is a thing of beauty. <laughs> like I I poured it when you guys were talking about your beer, so it took me a second to actually like settle down and try it. But I just kept going back to sniff it because you just get that nice, like sweet orange chocolate. And then I took a sip, and I was like, man, this is something that I want with a cheesecake. I want I want this reduced, made to a glaze, poured over cheesecake, vanilla ice cream. It's the right amount of like chocolate and orange on it. It's very rich, but it's like not overpowering. we've talked about before, I love those rich, like the creme brulee. Like, I can drink a whole bottle of that. This, I might not be able to drink just as much of it. This is like a chocolate orange assault. I think the creme brulee is a little bit more. You are wrecking my mind, sir. <laughs> Why is that? Because the creme brulee is so overly sweet and, and it, rich. It's really sweet, but I think the vanilla, like, just like that burnt, like, caramel mm-hmm. mellows it out a little bit. Oh, and this is just like that deep sweet. chocolate richness yeah. on it. See, like, you describing it, it's like. I really could you go for another one right now, mm-hmm. and I could drink I, a full pint of yeah, that. Yeah, I could and, too. And oh, think I've, about I've already drank half my glass of it. While you, since I poured it, and like you guys are talking about your beer, like don't think I'm like talking down about this beer at all because um, it's really, really good. No, no, I think d- I still just prefer like that vanilla on the creme brulee a l- little bit more than the chocolate orange, mm-hmm. and I do like the chocolate orange more than the mocha, which was the other chocolate coffee one that southern tier made or the in the chocolate yeah Maybe yeah just... i mean that's that's like the base ones so i'd say that's at the bottom of the list not because it's bad or anything but just more like that's just oh it's a chocolate beer you know yeah. i mean to be number two out of four great beers is <laughs> still astounding but man way to go southern tier it's a it's a another knockout it's so good and it's one like I I could keep buying bottles of it and drinking it and enjoying it. 
I, I, I will still continue to drink this, but I, I just it can't edge out uh, Creme Brulee just yet. I can understand it not edging it out, but to say that you could drink more Creme Brulee because it's <laughs> less rich and less intense than orange chocolate, I uh, my mind is just a little I know, just wackadoodle. Like, I could drink a thimbleful of Creme Brulee <laughs> and be like, yep, that's it. I don't need to drink it again for two years. Like That's enough for me. I don't know. For me, it's the chocolate taste. Like, that just, like, lingers in the back of my tongue, like, I, I can mm-hmm. still taste the sip that I took like a minute ago. Yeah. The creme brulee, I'm just like, yeah, give me more. Mm, but you know this, what? I'm still, I'm still riding high on that last sip that I took. <laughs> now it's time to ride high on this. And now, a dramatic reading from the Bagged and Boardcast. Suicide Squad, issue 9, page 5, panel 4. This mission has homework kill me now and that was a dramatic reading from suicide squad issue nine page five panel four mathematically it works out nicely because <laughs> page five panel four adds up to nine there you go See that what was I did? planned that was planned because i Don't could worry, remember everybody. it i could remember i had to keep on doing the math in my head like okay issue nine. Oh, it was page five Panel four. <laughs> sorry. sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know if it picked up on the microphone at all, but I just burped, hmm. and it tasted like one of those chocolate orange candies that you have to. Like, I, we heard comes the burp. wrapped in the orange foil, and you have to like slam it on the ground to break it into the slices. Mm-hmm. We heard the burp. We didn't taste that though. Okay, it was delicious, hmm. but man, this this beer's potent. The Terry's whacking on wrap. Yes, that's what it's called. I couldn't remember. I haven't seen one in a while. But you know what you did see? A comic book by Nick Spencer and uh, Lieber, Scott Lieber. Steve Lieber. Steve Lieber. Sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. Trying to remember. And this was the first... Because if if you want to open it up, I will uh, vamp for a little bit. Okay. Vamp away, sir. Like Paul just said, we are talking about the superior foes of Spider-Man. This is uh, our trade policy review for the month. And this was actually a Paul pick. And this is something that came up just because Nick Spencer kind of keeps coming up in conversation, the things that we're talking about. Uh, This book kind of flew underneath our radar when it was coming out originally. I know I was reading The Superior Spider-Man, but I passed on this book because I was like, why would I want to read about a bunch of crappy villains that Spider-Man's not actually even interacting with. So I just didn't read it at all. And then it wasn't until Ant-Man started coming out that Nick Spencer really fell onto my radar. Hmm. And lo and behold, here we are now talking about this book that Paul so lovingly decided to bring to the table this week. Uh, yeah, and this follows the uh, exploits or not-so-exploitive exploits of... Uh, oh man. I hate it when it does that. Okay, the Sinister Six. It's the Sinister Six. That's just five guys, though. But that's cool. And five it has members. Five members. It has uh, Boomerang, Speed Demon, uh, Overdrive, the Shocker, and the Beetle. The new Beetle. The new Beetle. Not the old Beetle. And, who, and who's that sixth member? It could who be knows? anybody. It could be anybody. That's the mystery. It could be Dramo. You always think it's Dramo. <laughs> Dramo. I do like when, the, when you say that, and then he has that 
like that fantasy of him getting married, his best man is Dramu. And then his baby looks like Dramu. <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know. It's Firehead. He just loves, loves that guy. And well, uh, we could say honestly say the sixth member of this uh, villain team, the team, the guy that's really uh, pulling the strings in the background. The re- uh, the reason that Boomerang's doing everything is the chameleon. Spoilers for issue two, by the way. Uh, spo- spoilers for this book that came out like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, and and has like four traits out. We're we're talking about the first one. Uh, spoiler warning here from now, now on. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I love that the chameleon just keeps fucking with yeah uh, boomerang. Fred Myers. Spoiler and swearing with a warning activated. Whoa. You swear? You swear. You oh. did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, boomerang is uh, had to get out of prison, so he made promises that he knew he couldn't keep, but uh, in order to score big. And uh, this follows him trying to pay back his debt to the chameleon by convincing his team to go in and steal a very priceless thing from the owl. And that priceless thing is the head of Silvermane. Silviao Silvermane, who I only know from the Spider-Man 1990s uh, cartoon series. The Agre- guy, Agreed. The old guy because that was obsessed with being young. Because <laughs> despite my love of crappy Spider-Man villains from the 90s, See last week's episode number two seventy, where I picked I want a Prowler book in the all new, all different Marvel universe. Like Silvermane is a character I don't know about. Overdrive, Speed Demon, Beetle, even Boomerang, like our lead character in this book, I have no knowledge of or affinity for. And it's something that actually Boomerang is definitely your main point of view character in this book. Mm-hmm. And when he introduces himself as Fred Myers, he's like, yeah, that's my real name. You didn't know that, did you? Nope. A- at that point, I was like, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't feel bad for the guy. You know why? Because all of his intros are way too long. That that See, guy I, is wordy. <laughs> I, I, I like those intros, though. I like how yeah. it ends with, that guy, am I right? <laughs> th- that's what I like about it, because it's... He's talking to you as just a normal person, and that's who all of these villains are. They're just regular dudes that yes. their job happens to be hmm. not even super villain. Like these are the C and D list guys that it, you're dealing with. They're they're the schlubs that like you know, he used to be a pitcher, so now he throws a boomerang. And there's, there's Hydra that. came to him and said, Well, you're from Australia, right? <laughs> and and I, I Seemed like he lied about that too. So yeah. um, he's like, "That's that's the one thing that I remembered from watching Crocodile Dundee while high one day." Could have been like Kangaroo Guy. No, no, that's uh, he says that's what the why the rest of the world hates you, and that he means hates you as in hates you Americans. Is because you remember one thing from like watching Crocodile Dundee, and it basically sums up the whole country. Uh. And what what I liked about this book was it's like one bad thing happening every uh, di- issue? different different one bad thing one different bad thing happening to, happening to him over and over again and he keeps 
just weaseling his way either out or into something new, uh, which I did enjoy about this book. Um, I don't know about you guys, we haven't really mm-hmm. said, but I enjoyed this. It wasn't, like, awesome and great, but it was a fun read. I mm-hmm. sat outside this afternoon and just read the entire thing, and yes. I didn't feel like, ugh, I need to put it down, or ugh, this, mm-hmm. and I thought about buying, like, the next volume. It's only eight ninety nine on Comixology, and I was like, yeah, that's a fair price for... Another this issues. one I think was twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine or maybe it was just ten ninety nine, but it was more expensive than the rest of the trades. The first trade, the first trade tax. I'm going to start calling it. Or right, Chris, what uh, did you? Oh, your overall thoughts on it? I I really liked it as well. It's something that I enjoyed while I was reading it, but once I reached the end, I wasn't like, oh man, I need to read volume two. But if number two was presented to me, I would gladly read it there was enough here that kept me engaged in it and i thought was funny and i really enjoyed about it that kept me wanting to go ahead with it um so i would i would read more of it but it's not something that i would actively chase i guess yeah and i'd probably i would you know i'd probably forget Mm -hmm. to pick up volume two but again like 8.99 isn't bad for a second volume um, it's fun. Like the art fits the book, the tone fits this book, and you are just you're watching one. It's from one guy's point of view, who's a schlub villain who's trying to work his way out, who had to sell out everyone he could mm-hmm. to get like you know the ends justify the means, you know that Machiavellian kind of thing where he's just like. I'll sell out these guys who are my team members, my gang. I'll sell this out. I'll do this. And now I'm sitting with the portrait of Dr. Doom. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm going to jump in here and say, yes, this, that's, I like this for... Really, it gives me no... Uh, I like this in the same way that I like Boomerang. The characters in it give me no reason to keep on liking it. <laughs> But for whatever reason, it is that fun kind of thing. It, it has a very similar feel to me as I have uh, towards Eastbound and Down, where it's just like horrible. This is a horrible person, this uh, Fred Myers. Uh, and, and every once in a while, you think he's going to turn it around or give you a reason to like him. Like when there's a moment, uh, like we said, spoilers, where he's having like a heart-to-heart with Shocker. Being yeah. like, hey, I know what you saw. <laughs> I understand, like... But you're you were my guy, and I'm sorry I didn't bring you into it sooner. It's just I'm ashamed. I want the people to you know believe in me as a leader. Thank you. You know we go way back. We've we're been buddies. through a lot. We're buddies. We're the. I'm glad you're on my, my team. team. Bro, hug it out. And then he's in the trunk as he drives the car off into the river, uh, with uh, the shocker in the trunk, and it's like. Nope, he's willing to sell, sell out everybody and everything because there's nobody that matters other than him and his dream. Of like, even his future self doesn't matter to his present self, and you see that time and time again with his dealings with the chameleon. Like, he knows he's going to have to pay him back, right? But he all he's interested in is getting this three billion dollar portrait of Doctor Doom. All he wants is to actually pull off. The big heist. The big heist. And not have any distractions where 
they say like, well, don't forget the the safe downstairs, and because he went for that safe mm-hmm. downstairs, he got caught. Because he didn't go back to help his comrades, mm-hmm. he didn't get caught. And uh, you're not supposed to like him. No, no, but, you're not. Yeah. And even like him on those dates, you don't, you don't like him. <laughs> He's a jerk off. Yeah. But you're still like. All right, what is he going to pull out next? What is he going to do next? Well, I hope he doesn't pull out what he thinks he's going to pull out. Being a jerk-off. He does. They do show him in his underwear with a box of Kleenex sitting next to him. (laughs) They do. And that's what kind of separated this book from something like Ant-Man, which I've loved since it started coming out, also written by Nick Spencer. Scott Lang is ultimately likable. Mm -hmm. And none of the characters in this this is like the it's always sunny in Philadelphia superhero version mm-hmm. like you want to see what's happening to them because you know they're just going to keep making terrible decisions being terrible people and then they reap no benefits but they have to deal with all the consequences of that and as fun as that is I I like having a little bit of a likable character and that's what you get from Scott Lang like that's mm-hmm. what makes Ant-Man that book that I keep wanting to pick up every single month. And what ultimately made this that book where I liked reading it, I'm not knocking down doors or writing soldiers to get volume two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I'm right there with you, Chris. Um, I do want to see Dr. Doom, though. So I want to see Nick Spencer writing Dr. Doom, how Dr. Doom would be in this book. You and, know, he, and you get a couple panels of that just where... Yeah, where it's... He's outlining like the cool. story of like he had this guy come paint the portrait. Right, drunk <laughs> Doom though. It's Doom just being like very like sad sacky. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it just so I can like reference the actual panels and what Doom says in it. He's like Doom right. did what while drunk? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's funny, and then he blessed the painter. So basically, the the premise of this portrait that. Uh, the end, boomerang end up stealing is Doctor Doom got drunk one night after after uh, hiring this great new painter. Uh, he's going the to be the next. The guy's going to be the next Picasso. Yep. The next Monet. The next Monet to to paint a portrait of Doom, and Doom while standing in the pose kept on drinking more and more wine. Got drunk, took off his mask apparently, and the painter painted. Doom without the mask on, and uh, when Doom woke up from and being in a in a hungover state, looked at the portrait, thought it was beautiful, but had the artist killed with a giant death death ray. So, uh, therefore, it, it, it comes down to Doom saying, "I want you to draw Doom like one of your French girls," and then a couple panels <laughs> later, being like, "I mean, Doom would just like to be able to call his mother once in a while." <laughs> Yeah, but that's Boomerang in Doom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Boomerang being the unreliable narrator of it. Yeah, so I want to see Doom come in. Like, that's the thing. That's the one hook. That's one of the hooks that got me there. Uh, I do like the other hook of uh, Tombstone, because that's another villain from the Spider-Man comics. Everybody who appears in this are attached to Spider-Man. You know, Mm -hmm. all all of the the 90s Spider-Man cartoon series that I somewhat remember. Which is based off of the Spider-Man series. Yeah. So they're from the Spider-Man series. Uh, 
But ever, I, mean, I don't know him from there. The, the owl, even like the Punisher, the Chameleon, the Chameleon. Yeah, all, all, all these people showing up, and even like Heroes for Hire. If those were people mm-hmm. who were in New York, that, that was would great. Be, um, an overdrive for like a does it has like a fanboy moment with Luke Cage. Yeah, and Luke Cage just punches him. <laughs> Hit him with a chair. It was getting weird. <laughs> uh, I like that. Iris is like he just wanted acknowledgement. <laughs> <laughs> and then. You know, it it's a it's a fun it's a fun read. It's a fun book. It's a fun book, and there is a he, he, the things that keep on having me come back to Boomerang, even though he's a jerk and I don't like him. Is he says stuff like, "Oh, Beetle's new costume makes him look like something your girlfriend doesn't want to admit she owns." Yeah, or when uh, Mach Seven was trying to get out of the house with the, like the last word, he's and he can't through the he window, can't get out, and he's like. <laughs> You're going to do the finishing line as you flew out the window, right? Forget it. And like, no, come on, say it. Like, a boomerang's not the only thing that can come back around on you. And it's just like, hmm. and he does it like sadly as he walks out the door instead of like flying out the window. But mm-hmm. he couldn't do it because of his metal wings. Uh, it's not like boomerang at that point. I was like, oh, that is good. <laughs> and then like he gets another knock on the door and he's like, oh, what? You think of a better line than that? You came back to do it again? That time it was the chameleon punching him in the face. Uh, and I, I like the owl in this. That really creepy, creepy yeah. psychotic kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Like it, it's nothing that's like the greatest book ever written. Yeah, but I, I have to say I do. To I do think the uh, what's it? I can't remember his name, but Partridge the lawyer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He he does propel this close to being. Uh, one of the best books. Yeah, because he keeps on doing puns, and he's like, it's going to be a piece of cake. Who doesn't like cake? Everybody loves cake, except for maybe chocolate. Too rich for me, personally. It's going to be and an I, angel I, cake, because you're my little angel. <laughs> Save that humor for, humor for the inside, because I'll eat it up like a piece of cake. <laughs> it's like, I, I like when he's he's talking to his assistant, he keeps calling her the baby. He's like, I can call her that, because we got married, but she could sue me. Do you believe that? He's like, don't worry. You're part of the Partridge family. Yeah. It's just corny jokes just being quickly, you know, delivered. I can imagine. He's a smooth... He's a great character, and that's... That's what's going to keep me coming back to this book, and I think I will go back to this every once in a while. Like, if I have a really slow week, and I might be like, you know what? Uh," Because it's evergreen. This isn't going to be one of those books where I'm going to be like, Wait, I have to remember what else was happening. They might mention something here or there with the rest of the Marvel Universe, but honestly, this is standing on its own. So yeah, re- this is a book where you get at least one joke on every page. It kind of mm-hmm. follows that comedy movie formula where you have a joke every 60 seconds, except it's every time you flip a page here. Mm-hmm. The Beetle with the Binders, awesome. Yeah, love it. Because, you know... Heist movies are all about logistics. She was planning for those logistics. Uh, and when I saw the map of the werewolves and wait, the yeah. giant spiders, uh, scorpions, scorpions, ninjas, Chuck Norris looking <laughs> dude, like an a overweight giant, Chuck like wallaby. Like, man, yeah. Obviously, the beetle, or obviously, he's lying to you, Boomerang. The owl doesn't have all this stuff as the security. Like, this is just ridiculous. They're not going to actually. Oh, wow. Nope. Three pages later, they are actually firing, fighting werewolves and giant scorpions. Okay. I, I thought it was just a 
like a psych gag. But nope, they ran with it. And I've never, I, I don't even know who Overdrive was. Nope, still like, no. Nope. Was like, yeah, I was gonna say, I still don't know. His power is like to make v- other vehicles. He's exhibit or different. Yeah, he's, he's exhibit. I like when he made like, like the motorcycle turn into a motorcycle with like four sidecars on it. Uh-huh. And he makes like the remote control helicopter turn into an actual helicopter. Mm-hmm. He's, he exhibited that. So we're we going to drink our last beer, or are we going to just end the show? Uh, we can, I mean, we can talk about ours. Uh, Chris, if you haven't opened anything, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll save mine for next week. It's not like I'm out a lot. It cost me two ninety nine, so and that's this, the whole reason I bought it. It's like an Irish red ale that was like three dollars for a bomber. So I was like, "Wow, that's a good one." That's not bad. Uh, this comes to us from Smutty Nose. Uh, Smutty Nose is something that's kind of gotten back on my radar because mm-hmm. they're just solid. Yeah, they're a solid company. They're just good beers, mm-hmm. and uh, we're drinking the finest kind. IPA. Ah, that's the name of it. Fine. That's what it's called. You were close before. Yeah, we couldn't think about it. We couldn't think of it. Um, this is just your a solid IPA. Yeah, it's just an average IPA, so drinkable. So, mm-hmm. and it's goes down so much easier than the Eagle Trail with all those flavors that you want out of just a yeah. good drinking. Sitting on, I mean, the picture is just two old. Bo- oh, I can't wait until I'm an old man like that. Two old guys just sitting, laughing in lawn chair, lawn chairs in the yard, drinking oh. the IPA and the dessert course of life, right there. That is that is a beautiful <laughs> thing. And and I mean, it's 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 perfect. It's it's what you yeah. want. I've uh, I've been mowing my yard lately, and I bought a thing of. This guy, when he says he loses his lot, you're on a riding and lawnmower. Here, and here's the thing. I have a cup holder <laughs> on the side of my riding lawnmower. Paul, you take two steps in your lawn's mode. I have a what? big backyard. I got a huge front and side yard. Yeah, Come on. Those are, those it are, takes me 45 minutes think, to mow. It's a sissy. That's not that big. It's a sissy yard compared to my yard. Oh, uh, Mr. No Yard wants to speak up. <laughs> I bought a 15-pack of Founders All-Day IPA because the walk from my car to my apartment is brutal. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I have, and I put in my little side, and I drink that beer while mowing, uh-huh. and I en- I got the cans. I just I just enjoy it. The other day too, I didn't even like feel like a beer, but I'm like, eh, I'm mowing the yard. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna crack open that beer and drink it while I drive around. Yeah, I ran into the thing today where I was like, oh, I could get a six-pack of all-day IPA for ten ninety-nine in bottles, or I could get the six-pack in cans for nine ninety-nine. And then I actually walked further back into the aisle, and then I found the 15-pack yeah. for thirteen ninety-nine. and I was like, boom, smart shopping right there. Let me that's, get that. That's yeah. just called economics right there. Right? See, that's that's I did, smart. I did the same thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to... I'm just going to grab these. I'm mm-hmm. going to have a party. I'm having a couple people over. That's it right there. John, we already established parties are where you dump your bad beer. <laughs> I was going to say, Paul has beer for that party already. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> left, somebody left Shock Top at my house. Guess what I'm bringing to the party? <laughs> yep. I could, here's the thing. I could drink Shock Top. They're not great, but they're definitely drinkable. Yeah, but it's in my beer, fr- it's in my beer cellar next to all my... Important aging beers. 
Well, that's the thing, Chris. If I had Shock Top beer versus, versus any other beer, that would be the last beer to get drunk. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, because I drank my um, Arcadia Bourbon Age beers the other day, they, they're not aging too well. I'd, I'd say oh, drink really? it as soon as you can. It was Good it was know. a little sad. I was kind of sad last night when I was drinking that porter because it was mm. so good. And the shipwreck is awesome. It's really lost its luster. Oh, no. There you go. Now we know. Yep. Next beercation, just drink them while you got them. Yep. All right, listeners, you should listen to our episodes and rate and review them while you got them over on the iTunes. Because uh, we haven't had a new rating or review in a while. And those really do help out, uh, help people find our show. If you like us, or even if you hate us, just leave us a rating and a review right there. Especially if you hate us, let me know. What can we do better for you? Mm-hmm. Why don't you love us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that girl. <laughs> I'll, I'll put almonds in your brownies. I don't care. You know, whatever you need. What? You walnuts on good brownies, not almonds. What? Okay. But omega three fatty acids and almonds—they're good for you. I don't care. You know what and else is better. good for us? They're—they're they're good nuts. You know what else is good for us? Sending us a uh, email: contact at bagnaboardcast dot com. Or uh, you know, find us over on the Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anytime we get a new like, we are giddy about that, and we're so happy that you found us and you like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, message us over there with any ideas you'd have for the show that you'd want us to talk about. Uh, we're always looking for um, fan-selected trading policies. I think we've enjoyed ninety-nine percent of everything that has been sent to us, and it's caused us to start following those books, reading those books, collecting that series. So, uh, Hawkeye, yeah. main example. Uh, we, thank, we thank you for that. Uh, Rat Queens, definitely, from for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, so give us some topics. Let us know what you're looking forward to that we do. Yeah, make sure you also check out the website, bangboard.com. That's where you're going to be able to find the show notes for this episode as well as the past I think we're at maybe like 30 episodes now that we've been doing the actual show notes for um, where you can see our dramatic reading panels as well as link to the comic books that we actually pick for the list or anything else that we have to be talking about for that week hey good show everybody uh, you know what the link for like all those new number ones from image should just be a link to a page that just goes bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Yeah. Why did you do the Sonic the Hedgehog death tone? That's pretty. Because they do that on uh, Prices Right too. Yeah, that's um, what I did. <laughs> well, you didn't do the sad. You did like the actual intro, but not the sad trombone. They do the sad final trombone up here. It's been no, a long they, time they, since they I watched that show. But. Uh, You've gone See, I got work. what John was doing there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jesus. It still worked. Yeah, it worked, John. Good job, John. <laughs> Good job. It's all in the show. Oh, yeah. All in the it's, show. I, I'd be pissed if it wasn't. <laughs>